All right, it's good to be back after a, a longer break, after the Easter holiday. Jared, how was your Easter, mate? Yeah, good. Quiet? Not, not long enough. Not long enough. Gibbo, good to have you back in, mate. Yeah, it's good. Now that you uh, you guys have decided not to shaft me on action movies anymore, you leave me out of... Out of uh, Jared, Jared told me that you were on sabbatical somewhere or... Oh, no, yeah, I was in... I was in you were travelling. Yeah, I, yeah, I was back soul- in time to do it. You were soul searching and with no internet connection, trying to figure out, you know. Trying to find yourself. Trying to find yourself and find a, a new collection of movies and a new appreciation for pieces. <laughs> Any excuse. I was back in time. You didn't even bother to ask me. Let's face it, mate. We forgot to plug the fucking microphone in. <laughs> no surprises. We forgot about it. I know. I listened to that podcast. You, could, you, you couldn't even you could tell. barely hear it. It came through no, super in, clear. In all honesty, uh, <laughs> thank I, God for Apple products. In all honesty, <laughs> we the got day nothing. that we recorded it, I saw a picture of you on Facebook that seemed to indicate that you still weren't here. Well, let's be give a trusting Facebook, Jared. <laughs> well, all right, <laughs> let's let you, let's we're going to let you stew on it for <laughs> for a couple more weeks. I'll just what? get you one of those briefcases with the phones in it next time. <laughs> I'll take my shoe phone. <laughs> All right, so what did what did we watch over the Easter break, Gibbo? Uh, Anything decent in your catalogue? Well, it's it's a very up and down catalogue. First of all, the two the two movies I got on the flights to and from Fiji, they were it was the shared TV scenario, so I couldn't watch anything good because it's always family stuff. <laughs> uh, the first one was I it was a Billy Crystal and uh, Bette Midler. Some kind of pile of shit called parental guidance. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> I saw the preview one time. No wonder you're filthy. You weren't allowed to watch Van Damme. <laughs> oh, mate. This, I started, like, I'm a, I'm a as you know, Jared, I'm a complete. It's like, I, it's impossible for me to not finish a movie and I could not get through this pile of shit. He's basically like a minor leagues baseball commentator going through like a midlife crisis from what I could tell and I fucking couldn't do it. It's painfully shit. Uh, and then on the way back... Wasn't much better. It was um, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway in a movie called The Intern, which is actually, oh, yeah. I think, pretty re- pretty recent. Um, yeah, it was only last year, I think. It's basically the exact same thing as The Internship with the two dickheads going to Google, um, except it's more like he's even older and it's basically just a movie trumpeting how much better old people are than young people and it was also pretty fucking unenjoyable. <laughs> um, I did then watch a really, really, really good movie called Beast of No Nation. I'm not too sure whether either of you guys have seen that. Yeah, I watched it about two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought one of you might have mentioned it in your yeah, uh, Jared you watching. Um, yeah, yeah, I was a pretty big fan of that. Um, definitely not pleasant. It's probably right up your alley, actually, Adam. But yeah, well, I'll, I'll come in with PTSD. <laughs> You're the resident, resident sad sack. <laughs> this might actually cheer you up, actually, coming from what you've been watching, but. Um, no, it's a it's a really good movie. I was surprised the role that uh, Idris Elba actually has in it. I was, oh, yeah, probably won't get into spoilery stuff. Anyway, he, he's awesome in it. The kid that, that plays the main role that you sort of follow, it's kind of like a point of view sort of thing from him, and he's frigging awesome. He's a really, really good actor, so uh, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere from that. But he was pretty impressive. I then watched, uh, I took the kids and watched Zootopia, which I know Coxie took his kids to. Um, yep. Very similar views, mate. My, my little bloke was shitting razor blades at a few points. He, <laughs> he basically wanted to leave the cinema. Um, yeah. There's no warning for that sort of stuff. Like it's no. 
it's not like it's a you know PG thirteen or anything. Like it's a kids movie, and there's some seriously like disturbing themes in there. So yeah, um, and I think Disney just thinks we're happy to cop that shit after watching that and the Good Dinosaur and some of that stuff that was coming well, out there too. You know what I thought about the Good Dinosaur, but yeah, loved uh, it. Movie it was, of the year. <laughs> it was terrible. I, I actually. I actually liked Zootopia, but yeah, I thought maybe for the kids it was probably a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, no, there was there was definitely some good stuff in there. It was, it was pretty clever. The world building that they did was was really good, but it's just, yeah, the, the, the demographic they're aiming for, I don't know if they actually really know what that is. Um, no, if you listen to a movie called Zootopia, it's not going to be for you know mid teens, and that's kind of like what the themes are aimed at. So. Uh, other than that, yeah, I watched the whole of Daredevil season two in just over a day. I think I'm not as big of a fan as I was of season one. It's it's still good. It's like I'll, I'll still get watching it and stuff. It's just I, I feel like a lot of the beats are getting repeated now, and especially in the fight scenes, some of the choreography is getting just so repetitive. I think pretty much every single fight he finishes with the same flip kick and goes into the same pose, and it's getting a bit a bit dull. Mm. Uh, um, that's pretty much. Oh, and I watched the first couple of seasons of Vi- uh, episodes of Vikings new season and uh, it's sort of along the same thing it's just more of the same so that's it for me yeah alright alright Jared what about you mate yeah I actually um, I watched the first five episodes of Daredevil I've been trying to work through a little bit more than that but uh, haven't managed to do it quite yet but yeah I, I'm no commitment. I'm pretty no well <laughs> trust me mate I, I wish that's what I was doing um <laughs> Yeah, so far similar similar things. I really really like the show. Like, it's right up my alley. But you're starting to see a few of those things. Exactly what Gibbo said. Like the the hallway scene 2.0 basically is it's pretty phenomenal. But I mean, it didn't have the same sort of wow factor because exactly like Gibbo said, you you pretty much seen it. They were just repeating similar things just in a different setting. I really like John Bernthal as the Punisher. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just not sure that that dynamic between those two sustains it as well as Wilson Fisk did. So, yeah, still working through that. Yeah, I actually got um, got to see Batman vs Superman as well. All right, how was that, considering um, it's copped a lot of stick? Yeah, look, I don't think all of it's fair. I think there are some really good things about it. Um, it's not the best uh, Batman movie. I've seen, and Batman's the one that I'm really interested in. Uh, but there was some there was some good things about it too. I don't think everything that's been thrown in its way is completely fair, but I think some of them are uh, sort of reasonable complaints. But I personally, I would sort of recommend you just go and check it out. Don't sort of be influenced. If you think you'll enjoy it, you probably will. I, I sat there and enjoyed it. I probably ended up at about a three out of five at the end, but there were some things I really liked about it. Personally, I think... Um, with a few tweaks, Affleck was spot on. Henry Cavill, not so. I actually thought he was pretty good in Man of Steel, but he bored me to tears in this one. He looks the part. He, he looks the part, but yeah, I, I don't know whether it was the writing or, or what, but he bored me to tears. Um, Wonder Woman was cool. A couple other things I think they got really right, um, but yeah, I'll refrain from talking too much about Spoiling. it until you blokes have caught it yeah don't get into okay. spoilery stuff but I listened to a podcast today about it as well and they gave it um, two F's and a D and then the other guy that they had on as a guest um, sort of similar to what I do with you blokes he came on he's a Batman fan and he gave it a B minus so okay yeah. so he was alright with it yeah he well I think that's similar I, what I think that's what got really. me yeah it sort of got that's what got a few points for me was that predisposed to, <laughs> to like that 
But yeah, they, they did they did Batman right in in most ways. A few a few minor things that I didn't like. Uh, quite frankly, too, for the world's greatest detective, which Batman is supposed to be, he was uh, fairly easily led. <laughs> there was a few things there that didn't quite work out real well. But no, look, I, I enjoyed it. I, I uh, one thing I will will say is I, I think um, I think Zack Snyder needs to be moved on. Yeah, well, he's he's taken on the Justice League, to him yeah, for basically and six I'd, years. Yeah, which I'm not I'm not real happy about, and I hope that they kind of reconsider with the the kind of backlash that's come with this movie. But I, I'm really really looking forward to um, Ben Affleck handling a Batman movie on his, on on his own, um, and I believe that he's writing with Jeff Johns, who's a comics writer and. He's got his detractors, but you know, I think he'd probably get for a movie. I think he'd probably hit the right notes. Um, and I think James Wan sounds like he's um, sounds like his Aquaman might be. The problem, fun. The problem is, this is already making uh, but too yeah, much money. Please just get Zack yeah, Snyder's that's what I point to. They'll say, "Look, Zack yeah, Snyder's making money." I think it had eighty million on opening day. My, so. Yeah, but I think once the once the label of you know it's Batman, it's Superman. I think automatic it dollars. Once I think week, that yeah. sort of slows down a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get left with a great. I reckon. So I read somewhere that they needed to make a billion dollars to to make. Uh, it I don't think it was that. High. Yeah, yeah I was heard the budget the same and, thing and today, all that stuff is so I high. I think it's closer to the seven hundred mark, but it's a fucking lot of money just to make it worthwhile. But let's face it, they'll make that. They'll make it, and I mean, it'll continue to make money. It's one of those properties that'll. I mean, it'll keep giving back. They're, these comic ones. I mean, Batman especially are those ones that will just keep getting watched and watched. So. My, my concern for this sort of stuff has always been that when you start mixing heroes together, the, the three Dark Knight films are the, basically the top of the superhero tree and it's because it's one universe with one superhero and his cast of villains. It's how it was always, how it was envisioned and how it was pulled off. With the yeah. Marvel and the, all this DC stuff, you're shoveling all this stuff in and I think it's becoming more of a, oh, we need to have this in there. I don't care how you yeah. get it in, just get it in there. I don't agree with that necessarily because, I mean, Batman's, by, by definition now, their universe contains all these other guys. Mm. They've always lived in a, in, a, in a world where these things cross over. I just think it's how you do it. Well, maybe Nolan did it. Chose he, he chose this is what I'm going to stick with. This is how well, Nolan chose that, and I mean, honestly, there's not, in my opinion, there's not a comic book character out there that has the the depth of Batman's villains mm. and villains that you can make interesting. I mean, yeah. a, a few of these guys go one or two deep, and then once you've used those villains, you better cross over because you're not. We're talking about you, Spider Man. Spider Man's got a few, but I mean, um, yeah, Batman's got. Got heaps yeah. that you can you can use well in in a movie. Um, even Superman's got a few. I just think it's oh. how you actually cross them over. The Crypt was the Kryptonite involved. What are you? Reckon? I would assume <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But no, I would I would say go see it. And I reckon with the with the sort of slamming it's copped, you probably will go in and think, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as they said, yeah. and you probably get your three. It's out probably of yeah, it's one. probably a little better than how it's being made yeah. out at the moment. Put it this way: When I finished, when I came out, the, the biggest thing I was looking forward to was Batman, the solo Affleck yeah. one, with his direction and his um, his portrayal. Yeah. All right. Anything else? What was that? It. No, that was it for me. I went. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball on the Daredevil TV show, but I managed to catch another episode. I believe it was episode four of the first season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're a bit behind. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it. I just like the fact that it's dark and gritty. It reminds me very much of Batman from the Marvel side, a little bit like that. But I'm enjoying it so far, so I'll give it a. I'll continue to give it a run. I also watched the first episode of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Now I thought that was really good because yeah. that was that was totally different. That, that was it was mm. really really interesting and really kind of cool. And I just want to. I'm I'll probably binge that as soon as I get a chance and just yeah. and belt out a heap of them in a row. Yeah, it's good. I personally I, I like Daredevil better. I don't know, but I mean the first season. There wasn't much between them. Jessica Jones was fantastic. I really liked that as well. Yeah, I think Jessica Jones is my pick out of the two, but it's not by a great deal. It just took me by surprise as to what it was. You know, like it was slightly different, and slightly quirky, and, mm. and and I liked that. It was something that we hadn't seen, whereas Daredevil, I felt it felt familiar. It felt good. It was a good show, but it was familiar. Mm. Yeah, I've I think the, the the villain for Jessica Jones is what makes it. Yeah, funny. David Tennant was brilliant. David Tennant's brilliant in that. And I believe they opened up that Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke he, Cage. He's in the first yeah, episode. Oh, he's getting his own show. Yeah, yeah. He, he's fairly fairly prominent. So I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes to. Uh, and then I watched two movies, both from the seventies. You I are t- behind the eight. I taped them off <laughs> TV. I, off I saw them on the TV and I thought, oh, I'll tape these and check them out. First one was Clint Eastwood's The Gauntlet. Hmm. Which is very similar to a movie, uh, Bruce Willis movie called Sixteen Blocks, where he has to take a witness from um, one side of town to the other to testify against the mob. Basically, the same yeah, I don't type mind of thing. Sixteen Blocks. And yeah, I like Sixteen Blocks. The Gauntlet was a good idea. Watched it though, knowing it's from 1977. Some of it's just it's really stodgy, and the action <laughs> scenes are really slow. <laughs> And it ends with this ridiculous scene of them driving a bus up towards City Hall with about a thousand cops standing around shooting at it. <laughs> just, the bus awesome. is just, it basically is like a Swiss cheese. It sounds like the running cheese. man. <laughs> it just looks like a block of Swiss cheese when it finally stops near the front of the courthouse. Ridiculous. Reasonably enjoyable, but nothing special. Reminds me very much of his Dirty Harry sort of stuff. He was just trading on the Dirty Harry persona. And the other one was Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee. Classic. Absolutely phenomenal fighting stuff and all that. It's got no story whatsoever. No, no, it's pretty... uh, But the biffos and that are great. And the mirrors and things. Yeah, the Hall of Mirrors, the guy with the knives on his hands. They do some pretty innovative Um, stuff. John Saxon is not a martial artist (laughs) ass crack. (laughs) (laughs) He he does a spin kick that's dead set. It's like he may as well have swept the leg. (laughs) Who's that low? <laughs> but there is possibly the greatest sale of a punch in the face or a kick in the head I've ever seen. By who? This bloke in the final fight, he's just a random fella. He, he comes on the screen and he, he does a big front kick on this bloke, knocks him over, and he kind of gets that look on his face like, yeah, cop that. And then a foot just comes out of the <laughs> side, and hits him in the face, and he cartwheels out of the shot. <laughs> he looks like he's dead. Awesome. I just went, yeah, that's the way. I've actually heard Jim Kelly talk a couple of times about that, actually. Oh, yeah, that's the... Um, in person, yeah. You went to the... Black Belt Jones. Yeah. <laughs> you went to the Comic-Con or whatever it was. Yeah, he was, just, he was just one of those sort of guests that they got to, you know, fill some space, basically. And he was good, good to listen yeah, to? Yeah, he was good value. It was pretty interesting. A little bit like um, George Lazenby? yeah, yeah. But basically all people wanted to ask Jim Kelly about was Bruce Lee, so 
He had some pretty cool stories. Well, there's another scene in Into the Dragon where it's done in slow mo, where Bruce Lee just like kicks this bloke in the in the chest, knocks yeah. him over, and obviously the kick is full on because it's in slow motion. It actually had to, has to land it, and the guy just <laughs> he goes flying back about ten meters and takes out four guys behind him. Mm. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was really. Um, it was really, really interesting to see a movie of that age that I'd, I'd never seen before. I'd never seen it in the Dragon before. Yeah. And I really yeah, enjoyed it. seen it? Yeah. That's amazing. It was not something that was ever on the radar. It was not one that I'd sort of sought out. I knew of it and I knew it was a, a bit of a sort of a, I guess you'd sort of consider it cutting edge or at the time. And I really enjoyed it. It was well worth a watch. Jim Kelly reckons, uh, well, Jim Kelly's actually dead now. I oh, saw yeah. him... Uh, it was quite shocking because he was about 70, I think, when I saw him. He was still in pretty good nick. Yeah. I wouldn't have been, <laughs> I wouldn't have been talking any trash around him. Yeah. But he said, yeah, he, he, Bruce Lee liked to do the um, variation of the Heaven is a Playground trick. <laughs> he said he used to like to play games and he, was, he reckoned he was so quick that he would um, put a quarter in your hand and, ta- yeah. and say, grab it before I stop it and leave change. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive human being and a bit of a bit sad he died so young, I think. Yeah. As well as his son. All right, this week we've got The Long Kiss Goodnight from 1996. Uh, let's take our first break. Here's the trailer for Long Kiss Goodnight. What if you couldn't remember your real name, your first kiss, or your last goodbye? I don't remember. Honey, you have an ETA on that carrot? Stow it. And then suddenly... I used to do this! I'm a chef! No! Without warning... Give me something else! Sour! Italian! All your memories... Name's Charlie. I'm coming back. Flooding back to you. Long time. One bullet at a time. I got movement on Samantha Kane. Good. I may have a lead on someone. May still have some of her stuff. (gasps) This man, he's gonna help me find some things out. So we'll be safe. Your full name is Charlene Elizabeth Baltimore. This could be trouble. My name is Samantha Kane. No, 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 forget all that. I'm in the PTA! Then quit! You're an assassin working for the United States government. We have 24 hours. We find her, and we kill her. Run for your life! Charlie Baltimore's alive, sir. Who are you? Name's Charlie. The spy. When we first met, you were all like, oh, boy, I burned the darn muffins. Now... You go into a bar, ten minutes later, sailors come running out. What up with that? Honk if there's any trouble. Yeah, so Miss Daisy, I'd be honking. If you have plans for a calm, quiet evening. Cover your ears. Hey, should we get a dog? It's time to kiss them all. Good night. Davis, 
Samuel L. Jackson, The Long Kiss Goodnight, directed by Rennie Harlan. Directed by Rennie Harlan, The Long Kiss Goodnight. He did Die Hard 2 and Cutthroat Island. It's produced by Shane Black, Stephanie Austin, Rennie Harlan and Gina Davis, although she was uncredited. And it's written by Shane Black, who did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Last Boy Scout. It stars Gina Davis as Samantha Kane slash Charlie Baltimore, Samuel L. Jackson as Mitch Hennessy, Brian Cox as Dr. Nathan Waldman, and David Morse as Luke slash Daedalus. Budget was about $65 million, and it made about $89 million worldwide. So it was a bit of a, um, bit of a failure. Bit of trivia for this one. In the first draft of the script, the name Samantha or Sam Kane was not actually an alias that was used by Charlie, but it was instead a creation of her mind, and it was actually an anagram of amnesiac. Something different? Oh, it's a Da Vinci code. All right. <laughs> the basic synopsis of this one is uh, Samantha Kane is living a, a normal life in a small town, but she has an actual... Uh, she has amnesia, and it turns out, with the help of a dodgy private detective in Samuel Jackson, she begins to uncover the fact that she's... She, her real name is Charlie Baltimore, and she's an ex-CIA assassin. General thoughts on this one, Gibbo? And a score out of five, mate. Uh, yeah, okay. I guess I'll go first. It's uh, it's my fault we're watching it. So, yeah, obviously, action movie, uh, and you included me in this podcast, so I got to pick one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a movie um, I watched a bunch, yeah, probably in that, that window when it came out. I probably watched it maybe between six and ten times I reckon somewhere around there my, my dad told me it was like one of the best movies ever made and I watched it and I thought it was really good back in the day it hasn't aged well a lot of the stuff in the, and it's probably because I'm watching it as an older person as well which has happened with a lot of the stuff we've, we've talked about on here but it's definitely not the movie I remembered it to be it's still got definitely got its positives it's got some absolute top shelf one liners and some of the characters in it are definitely memorable but some of the other stuff just doesn't hold up. There's some massive, massive plot holes and some of the plot devices that they really need you to, to buy, I don't have enough money for them. So um, I'll probably give this two and a half and I could probably be talked up or down, to be honest, on on, on that. It, it could go either way. But I think the one-liners are what makes it for me. It's probably got a lot to do with Shane Black. He, he's basically the patron saint of uh, my portion of this podcast. The guy's a fucking genius, but other than that, yeah, it's definitely got some downers on it. So, yeah, look, I I'd probably echo your your sentiments. I watched it a fair bit back in the day. Really enjoyed it. Look, it's a three out of five for me. I think for the early going, I actually enjoy it. It's it's got it's quite explosive and action packed, and it's got plenty of witty banter and you know decent performances and all that. But it's the third act that really lets it down for me. It goes on for forever the third act it has so many endings and beginnings and you know it just keeps going and going and going and the action just gets so over the top and outrageous there's so much to swallow that i just couldn't now and i'm like you i love shane black i think he's a fantastic writer and and i really love his work but this is my least favorite of his scripted action movies yeah so three out of five jared Mm. Um, I probably landed pretty much exactly where Gibbo did. Same same deal. I watched it so many times in the 90s that 
I'd sort of I'd left it for so long that I was just expecting to come back into this and just be loving it again and I didn't two and a half same for me I actually think if Sammy Jackson wasn't in the movies and didn't have some of those those lines of Shane Black's it would be even harder to watch mm. yeah it's that's what sort of keeps you going uh, a couple of set pieces are alright but um, it's just too much <laughs> like there's there's uh, you, you guys have both said it. It's just too much to cop. I mean, early on, you pretty much just take it. Oh yeah, it's it's almost like a Bond movie. It gets that ridiculous at mm. times, and you take it for a while. But there's just points where you just can't. Um, and at some points, it kind of suffers from the tone a little bit. I don't. I think it takes itself a little bit seriously at times when it's ridiculous. Mm. So it sort of suffers a little bit from that. But yeah, two and a half. Okay. Look, before we get to the likes, I'll just mention, uh, speaking of Shane Black, his latest movie has just put out its second trailer. It's called The Nice Guys. It's a sort of a film noir set in the 1970s with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Yep. Check out the trailer because it looks really good. I'm going to be all over um, that. And I'm actually <coughs> really looking forward to it, and I'm hoping it's quite successful because it's the sort of movie that we don't see a lot of, uh, and it, based on the trailers, I'm, I'm actually, it's one of the rare movies that I've, seen a trailer for recently that I'm actually really keen to be there for first night so keep an eye out for that we'll put it on the Facebook uh, once we put this out look let's get into the likes I think the first like for me is the opening voiceover and this is the sort of thing that Shane Black does really well the opening voiceover of the movie sets the scene of her amnesia and all that sort of stuff in pretty quick quick order just gives you the understanding that she's an amnesiac and she was born eight years ago and all that sort of stuff. And now that she's dated, you know, she's with somebody and she's got a daughter and all that. And it gives it to you in a very short, quick, um, succinct way, mm. which gets some of that because it's pretty that some of that stuff's pretty heavy and yeah, not complicated, but sort of a bit difficult to, to, to cop. I mean, yeah, it starts, it's as you said, it starts things off quickly which Shane Black likes to do and is a strength of his but it also starts off the uh, you know the moments of oh come on give us a spell like yeah. it's, it's a bit hard to take but I'll run with it but yeah it does it just gets gets things going There's, he doesn't have time to muck around he just he knows what you're there for and just gets it moving yeah I think Sammy Jackson's intro is excellent phenomenal <laughs> it's great they're using bums or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that guy comes in and chunders everywhere. Yeah, yeah. read of his rights. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you have the remote to. Uh, <laughs> and there's yaks everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Just pure genius. It's like, you know, it's, it kicks off some of Sammy Jackson's funny lines and that sort of thing, but that guy playing the bum that vomits gives one of the, <laughs> one of the finest two second performances in a movie I've ever seen. And look, that that's immediately into probably one of the big likes of the movie is Samuel Jackson's the one liners that just pepper this movie from him. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's not always just the line; it's actually the delivery yeah, in a lot yeah. of cases. And the little kind of quirk, like the quirk of singing, singing what he's doing, and like <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's it's sort of. Um, when there is some dead spots, it kind of keeps you interested. Yeah, I mean, my personal favourite line is. Uh, uh, they get in the car after they've taken out that Waldman bloke and, and she, he's kneed Jackson in the nuts. And she goes, oh, look, he was crazy. You thinking what I'm thinking? And he goes, I hope not because I'm thinking how much my balls hurt. 
Yeah, he was he was nonstop. Yeah, and and it it just keeps. You kind of get yeah, as you said, you hit a flat spot, and then he comes in with a quick, quick gag or something, does something amusing, and it kind of gets you up for it again. Yeah. There's also quite an uh, amusing Baywatch Nights joke. Did you get that? Yes, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that was in there. But he I... saw something disturbing on television. <laughs> yeah, it's called Baywatch Nights. <laughs> yeah, that Very was pretty cheeky good. jab. Yeah. I actually think that this, the setting up of Jackson's character too was great because at first you're thinking, oh, you know, he's a, he's a con man and it could come off as you don't like him, mm. but... Of course, Shane Black sets him up with funny lines, so you do like him, but then they have the bit with the sun, mm. and you kind of, even though it's only two seconds and then it's barely, it's not even mentioned again, it's basically no, just for a, a pay, it yeah, it's just, it's just a payoff with the Larry King interview at the end where the son and the mother are like, what the fuck, you know, um, but it just gives you this little thing of, oh, he's a battler rather than a con man, he's trying to do his best, and yeah. so immediately it takes you into, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll run with him, I like him. Yeah. I also love the fact that he tells the story of how he was chucked out of the police and went to jail. Yeah. And you think he's going to tell you the hard luck story about how he got framed. <laughs> he just goes, no, no, I stole that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I really like that because, it, again, it sort of slightly twists the convention or whatever you want to call it yep. slightly on its head. Because um, normally you would expect, oh yeah, he was framed. He's an innocent man. Because we, yeah, we're supposed to like him. He's an innocent man. We do like him. I think that's a real strength of Black, is that we like these people, even yeah. though they're. I mean, we talked. We talked about it in the last Boy Scout. The Bruce Willis character is just a piece of shit. He's, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's they're very similar characters. Yeah, but we like him because he's he's got all these cool one-liners and he's got all these cool things to do, and it's the same with Jackson. Yeah. Where where did we feel? How did we feel about Gina Davis? Uh, are we still in the likes section? Because yeah. I don't think she belongs here. I was okay. going to talk about we'll leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that to later. Yeah. Um, I actually had um, early on. I, I actually had a note here that the Elvis tune to kick things off. Um, I want that on my next Christmas playlist because yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the scene with um, one eyed what was his name? One eyed Jack. Jack. When he busts into her house, I had it in the likes because the scene was still pretty good, but <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't stop laughing because it seemed like a, um, in a way, he was doing a bit of a home alone. There's, there's one slipping side, over. Yeah, he slips over on like the marbles or something. Then no, there's Skittles. Skittles, that's right. He yeah. falls down the stairs with a little help from her when they're having a bit of a blue, and then he gets finished off with a pie in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a so, comedy t- Tell me this, this is Joe Pesci, Mark, too. <laughs> she gets hit in the head with everything in that kitchen, and then he gets hit in, the, hit in the face with a cream pie and goes down for the count. Yeah. She gets hit in the head with a full cookie jar. <laughs> and, a full, and a full gallon of milk. Yeah. Should be knocked senseless. It must have been fake glass or something. Also, I've got a question. I thought he was he had a shotgun, but at one stage a rocket flies out of it. And <laughs> oh, blows a hole I was going to mention that. It looked halfway between a rocket launcher and a flamethrower. Yeah, and it's just a shoddy. Yeah, I don't know what someone well, put traces on his shells. Shoddy, Gibbo, but he was loading it from the bottom. You know, like he was pumping it from the bottom. Is that you know? And it had to seem to have double barrels. Seems to be Mate, like it was a shotgun. They just fucked up. 
Yeah, it's like the Inspector Gadget of weapons. Yeah. It's a shoddy, it's a rocket launcher, yeah. it's a it was maybe just semi-automatic. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of, I kind of initially didn't think about writing it down. I kind of thought, oh, maybe I just miss, didn't, you know, I kind of didn't get what, what I saw. But I'm no, guaranteeing you there was a rocket that came out of it. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was like a, a sequence that was shot and then cut out and then they had to use some of it. If you know what I mean, because mm. it kind of has no comparison to the, the shots he fires later, because he fires one into the um, fridge, and it yeah, is classic shot pellets gun. across the, uh, you know, spread out. Yep. Yeah, the one into the stairwell looks like the fucking the shoulder cannon from the Predator. It's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it blows a hole in the side of the house. <laughs> yeah, and then she throws his daughter through it. Yeah. Another piss funny line is that when that girl's running down the road. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Starts going, oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? Have you got whiplash? <laughs> what? And then he's like, um, yeah, but you can see them coming a mile off. You've got time to comb your hair. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you see them come around the corner, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I did not say woo-hoo. I was checking a form. <laughs> oh, think... You've got a beat from the neck up. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that was uh, that was one of the few few points in the movie where they actually took the opportunity to um, have a little bit of fun with the, the female lead and the male sidekick thing, yeah. where they actually kind of just openly talked about it, like, yeah. that he was carrying on like a dick and she was kind of calling him on it. Yeah. And that, that really worked. I reckon they should have done more of that in the movie. Yeah, but. yeah. well, that, that's obviously what the whole movie is sort of trying to do. I don't know if you guys know much about what Gina Davis does uh, now. She, she's the director of the women's um, representation in media or something like that. She's got her own, like, uh, they do studies and stuff on how women are presented in the media and all sorts of shit. She's actually a fucking genius in real life. But yeah, um, a lot of this movie feels like, and it's obviously early on in in her little uh, project to do that sort of shit, but a lot of this movie just feels like there's stuff shoehorned in to try and point up how women are represented in action movies or... Or things like that, and that that one was a glaring indication. I mean, if you don't know Jenna Davis's background and you don't know that her husband's the director, you probably don't. It doesn't stick out as much as it did for me. But no, um, I mean that, that scene was pretty obvious. Yeah, that I mean it was it was obvious, and I I actually thought I was expecting more because, like you said, you know, she obviously had a lot of power being with the relationship to Rennie Harlan, and and she was a producer, uncredited. Yeah, but she um, was involved. There's no doubt. I believe it was I just feel the way to go about well. it was. Exactly what they did in that scene. Yeah, um, it was to kind of cut like, him down. If they did more of it, it probably doesn't stick out as much. Yeah, exactly. They should have. Yeah, it should have been done more like that, and it wasn't. That was the that was the only really successful element of it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say that the the shootout in the train station, I actually really liked. It reminded me of the Untouchables slightly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Even the guy, the first guy they see who pulls his gun, he's in one of those big trench coats with a. Yeah. Sort of classic 50s hat. A bit of slow mo. So, yeah, he, and it goes into slow mo. And it, and I do love the fact that he goes, he hands her the gun and goes, All right, you just point and spray. I've got three here. And then the grenade rolls out and he goes, fuck it, just run for yeah. it. Your life. <laughs> and then when they, they go out the window and she shoots out the ice and everything, she comes out and she goes, what happened? And he goes, I saved your life. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I did really like that one. Um, I think you've uh, you've passed over one of the best parts of the movie too. <laughs> any any ideas what I might be talking about? Um, the dog licking his ass. Yeah. Uh, 
Brian Cox. Is that what, Brian Cox is that what you're talking about? Brian yeah. Cox's line in that scene is the best line in the whole movie. That's the best introduction for a character in it's cinema history. And his delivery is even better than Samuel L. Jackson's of yeah. any of his lines. Yeah. It's, but, that's, that line is impeccably delivered and it's so fucking funny while he's just staring at the dog licking its ass. Yeah. And unfortunately, his next few lines are crapping on about chapter and CIA and stuff that just kind of undoes it slightly yeah. when he's on yeah, the phone to him. Yeah, gets punched and fucking drowned. But exactly. Yeah. That, that dog line, that's my favourite line in the whole movie. It's yeah, really same. Amazing. It's one of the funniest sort of – it's one of the funniest, like, uh, deliveries and, and – well-written lines, but again, it's it sort of shows Shane Black's strength mm. that, in yep. a way, he's kind of itching to get involved when that phone call comes because he's whatever he's doing, he can't. What's your dog? It. Look at <laughs> us. He's Even just, the little old lady in that scene's perfect though. Like she's yeah. so like not What's quite the with problem, her. She says. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's Honestly, I could ass for like three hours. <laughs> I could watch that scene. I could watch that sixty seconds on repeat, and it would never get old. Dude, I watched it five times in a row. I specifically <laughs> went back and watched it five times while I was watching the movie. I just kept rewinding back to the start. Yeah, I just love the way he says it. I submit to you. <laughs> That's right. It's whatever it's trying to dislodge is either there for good. Oh God! I oh know. Better stay. Better stay. Gone for good. It's yeah. That's Genius. epic. I, I again. I think most of the acting is pretty solid. Like again, it's yeah. a reasonably deep cast. Yep. Um, of good quality actors. Yeah, even down to like David Morse only playing like a minor role. Mm. But he's he's yeah he's he's lower down the totem pole. But it's. A, it's again filling a, a role and doing it well. I actually kind of didn't mind the villain. I didn't mind Timothy. Yeah, um, so he's, yeah. he's one of my dislikes. Craig further down, was not further down the but. down the track in that last third is where he he sort of falls apart a little bit. Yeah, look, I'll fall down. I'll fall right in the middle. I actually rem- remembered him being good, and there were scenes in this when I watched it, and I still think he's good. But then he just. Too often he just crosses this line where you can see totally why he ended up in those roles in Scary Movie <laughs> because he just puts too much hair, way too much hair on it. <laughs> He's coated in hair. Yeah, I reckon if he was a little more restrained in a couple of couple of ways, he would have been. It was spot a couple. On. His best bits are actually those quieter moments. Yeah, he gets them right, but he can't seem to get. Any. Honestly, there's one where he's um. Where she's going under the water on that wheel in the torture thing, and he's been pretty good. He's just been sort of delivering his lines, not pushing it too far. Then they, they as she's going underwater, they cut to a shot of him oh. pulling a face, like take a breath and yeah. slap a pair, of, slap a little domino mask on him, and it's Jim Carrey and Batman Forever. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, just too much, just yeah. far too much. <laughs> I actually didn't. Surprisingly, because I thought I would dislike this, but I actually kind of liked the plan they put together and the reason why they were doing it. That yeah, and it was almost a little bit ahead of its time. The way they were talking well, about how the CIA set, is setting this up for funding to basically force funds out of Congress. Well, I think the the funny thing is, I mean, like you said, it's a, it, it was actually when I saw that that was probably one of the biggest parts of the movie that stood out to me because of obviously. There's conspiracy theories around that for 9-11, but there's actually sort of evidence that in the 60s or whatever, that I can't remember what it's called, but um, 
there's evidence of the US actually planning to do that and blame it on Cuba. Hmm. So, oh, the um, Bay of Pigs and all that. Kind oh, of I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about that time. I think it was the Kennedy administration had something just like that put forward to a stage of terrorist act. And yeah, so I, I don't actually know when that came out, the JFK stuff. I think it might have been something that's been more sort of um, spread around in the internet age. So it might, even then, they might not have had an awareness of that. But that's, yeah, it makes it kind of more interesting that that has actually played out in some way. Yeah, it's kind of clever. Yeah. It, it's, it's more clever than, um, and interesting. It's not, you know, it's not as, say, um, as engaging as a robbery or whatever you want to do. I'm sure when it was the JFK uh, sort of, when it, when in that era when it happened, it wasn't being put forward by the Riddler, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, you know, codenamed Joygasm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else got any other likes? Uh, um, not really. There's a, there's a little quick thing about uh, Charlie's daughter or Sam's daughter or whatever. Yvonne Zima is actually Madeline Zima's daughter, for the, who's a little girl in the nanny. Oh, okay. <laughs> if, you, if you look at her, it's it's a very obvious. Uh, Thing, but I, I couldn't stop seeing uh, Madeline Zima from when she's in Californication and a little bit grown up. So it was a bit uh, cringy because they look so small. I was just going to throw it out there. It's her sister too. You said daughter, which makes it even more cringy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sister, sister. Yeah, like that. that would be oh, some serious cringe. <laughs> no, I know what you mean too. Like, I actually um, seeing Californication when that sort of stuff was going on I was like who is that again and then you realise like, oh yeah. no <laughs> yeah it makes you feel very wrong in a kind of ways yes. um, I've got one other like I actually do like the, the line of die screaming motherfucker <laughs> I just like the way that was pulled off where she snaps the lights and goes flying up picks up the gun on the way up mm. shoots him and then says die screaming motherfucker yeah I think if there is anything to like about Gina Davis, some of those lines she actually does with a reasonable amount of kind of, she does look intimidating occasionally when she's delivering lines like that, like, you know, let me up, I'll leave you the use of your legs and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, she pulls off a few of those kind of Bruce Willis sort of lines quite well. Look, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Gibbo. I think this is not her, her finest hour in no, any way, shape or form. I don't think so. Um, uh, but again, give me a director that's going to direct her properly, instead of just being her husband. husband and because <laughs> you could probably gather that you know these two were working together. It was their production company, so they 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 sort of ran the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you you given a little bit too much rope. You just left to your own devices for your performance and not sort of reined in. And I think that's what really happens here. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like everything she's doing, she's trying a little bit too hard to be harder than she is. It's it's just, it's tough to swallow. I don't, yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah we'll, we'll get into it in the, in the not like portion, more like. Well, I, I think well, that's probably the best place to start with a dislike. I don't have any other likes. I don't know about you guys, but. Nah, pretty well. Pretty well got it. I could mention um, Brian Cox and the dog again if you uh, like. Please, yeah. Two or, or three we could more just go through every single one-liner in the one movie liner. one by one because <laughs> yeah. they're the main positive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, if we'll get into this. Like G- Gina Davis is one of them for me. Craig, Craig Birko as the as the 
the villain for me just didn't work as well. He, he always looks startled and he, he doesn't have any <laughs> real menace. It, it's like his his eyes are about forty percent too wide open all the time. It's he's like it looks like he's yeah, he looks like he just stepped in something all the time. And, <laughs> He just doesn't have any menace to me. Like the one time he had menace, I think is is right near the end when when he's locking uh, Sam and and her daughter in the ice box or whatever, and she, she tells him it's her his daughter, and then he still gets up and fucking locks her in, and he sort of got a he's got yeah. a pretty decent look on his face at that point. But the rest of the time, he he looks like a cartoon villain, and it's just yeah. he never has like we've said this many times. Action movies are only as good as the villains, and I think he's pretty piss poor. I know. I mean, he's no Vernon Wills. That exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that bit that you mentioned. Oh, early reference. <laughs> that bit that you mentioned is definitely his best bit in the movie. But yeah. even then, he throws him that. Oh yeah, bears. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. While he's walking yeah. out and just exactly. sort of muddies the waters a little bit, he just can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just needed to be menacing. It's like it's like he's he just right there. I mean, he didn't. He's give right a there. And then Reddy just lets the camera go on too long yeah, and yeah. continues to sort of mug it up for the yeah, camera. Yeah. I think he Rennie, was... Yeah. Rennie's in the background going, cut, for fuck's sake, cut, he's going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rennie's going, looking at his camera operator going, fuck, stop, yeah. stop. If he pulls another fucking stupid face and we get it on camera, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, I'll tell you the one thing that in 95, 96 when this came out, you would have expected something like this to be a hit, right? Yeah. But it wasn't. It was a it was a failure. And really, you probably got to lay a fair bit of blame on Cutthroat Island, <laughs> which came out not long before it. And that also directed by Rennie Harlan, also starring Jenna Davis. Yes. So I'm, I'm, no, in a nepotism. way I'm slightly disappointed that this didn't make more money because I felt maybe a, a sequel could have worked maybe. Oh, look, I I still enjoyed a lot of it. I think I'm probably being a little bit down on it because I used to I used to love it. It used to be one of my favourite movies. And, yeah, I just left it so long and just came back to it and I was still on a bit of a downer after watching it. But I think, uh, yeah, Gibbo's spot on with Gina Davis. She's just, like, I, I'm putting it, laying it on the table. I've got no dramas at all with a female action lead. Um, no, fuck I no. I just don't no, think she not. was good at it. Like, uh, I don't know. I, th- I don't think the acting was was her drama. I just think it was. I don't know. It must be a combination of what Gibbo said. Just just trying to force feed us a little bit of a little bit of her own agenda and not having someone tap Rennie Harlan on the shoulder and say, so, "Yeah, mate, you need to pull this in a little bit." That, that, yeah. that scene was shit, Rennie. You need to do this again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, there was a couple of moments where I felt she was sort of intimidating and doing the job, but. When she changes from like bad to good, it's it's sorry from good to bad, like yeah, and vice versa. It's, it's very so jarring obvious. a couple of yeah, times. Yeah. Where it just really happens jarring. suddenly. It's yeah. like yeah. Oh, it's very me myself and Irene. It's yes, <laughs> <laughs> I just think yeah, she another another actor maybe would have would have set it off a little bit more. Well, I guess you, when you're looking at female action heroes, I mean Angelina Jolie probably is the last. Yeah, more of the more recent ones, and I mean they have very much some similarities in looks and stuff. Almost her and Davis. I've said it before. Gina Davis wishes. I've said it before, mate. Give me Gina Carano in anything, any, any. Yeah, and and now now we're actually going down the route of seeing a bit more of of some new female action heroes like yeah. that who can kick a bit of ass. Yep. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, certainly, with you now we talked about the Roadhouse remake. 
um, with Ronda Rousey. It'll be interesting to see how that sort of stuff plays out yeah. as well. I but yeah, I like agree. I just, as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. I can tell you straight off the bat, I was not sure about Wonder Woman and uh, Gal Gadot. I, know, I was like, come. That pronunciation yeah, right. may Condor, well be off. Gal Gadot, um, she was fantastic. Yeah. I'm really yeah. looking I heard to that she was out. a big, yeah, that was one of the best parts of the movie, was yeah. the introduction of her. So, yeah, I, as I said, reiterate, no problem with that. Give give me a female action lead. If it's a good movie, I'm, I'm super happy with it. But Gina Davis just wasn't in. And I mean... It's it's in the it's in the books now that she wasn't wasn't popular, um, like you said. Two, one massive bomb, and this yeah, back to back basically, um, and, and and it sort of proves that she she couldn't do that type of stuff yeah well enough to put bums on seats because yeah. that was the that was probably still a reasonable period for action films, mm. so you should have oh, been expecting bums on seats. Exactly. The, um, what good movies has she made, though, other than Thelma and Louise? Has she made any other movie that's even remotely notable? Oh, oh The Fly. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Fly. That's, fucking, that's very niche market, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, you know, it was a very good movie. Um, she's probably got a couple others. I haven't looked at her resume. I'm um, going to have a look because I can't think of any movies that she's been in. I'm like, geez, she's, she's more really of a, a good actress. She made dramas and stuff. She's won an Oscar. I know that much. yeah. I, but I think dramas and, and romance and things like that. Oh, she's in Beetlejuice, her. of course. I forgot. About oh yeah, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep. Uh, League of Their Own. Oh yeah. Look, look. In the right thing, I think she's. Oh wait, never mind. Stuart Little, one, two, and three. Brilliant. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> sarcasm or? <laughs> uh, yes, definitely sarcasm, and I, that's I, not sarcasm. I tell you uh, what, a dislike I actually ended up having. And I spoke to Jared about it before we came on here. Is the scene with the deer? Yeah, yeah, that was on I, my list too. I understand why it was done. It was done to sort of kickstart her memories and to show that she was um, she broke that deer's neck and killed it, you know, without hesitation. But why didn't they just start with the memories starting to come back when she does the carrot? That's yeah. that's sort of where it kicks off and kicks into gear. The only reason I can think of was the linking to trauma and, yeah, yeah. you had another sort of trauma that, that kicks you back the other way. It just felt oh. like it was it was superfluous to me. Yeah, I, my problem with that scene wasn't so much that, although I do agree, I don't think it, I mean, it could have been done another way, but it was, again, it was just early sort of expecting you to, to cop Far too much. Like, okay, she's driving a car in the snow, right? It's pretty dangerous. And you've got a drunk old man next to you that starts waving his hands in front of your face and groping, if I saw correctly. Yes. <laughs> so Attempted groping. He's going for the boop. Yeah, at, at the very same time that he's doing enough to probably run you off the road, a deer just stops, you know, happens to stop in the middle of the road as well. Then on top of that, <laughs> you go through the windscreen, but just to sort of, um, just to add a little bit more to it, um, Craig Baxley was your mechanic, so your car just Catch the hood off. of your car just catches fire after you've hit the tree. And, <laughs> oh, it's just it was just far too much. Like there was too much going on. It could have been done much better. Yeah. I also didn't like the nightmare sort of sequences where yeah. she had dreams and stuff. And there's a bit in when the mirror, you know, yep. she looks away and she looks back and she's looking at Charlie who cuts her throat. That was so jarring. It was like, what the hell's this shit? Yeah. Like, where'd this come from? Yeah, why was she self-harming? Like, she's an assassin, not a fucking 
an emo teenager. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why would she be cutting herself? Yeah. I, I just I'm not sure why they went. I, know, I I think obviously they were trying to show that she had the the split and the and, and there was another personality or whatever in there. But to be honest, it's like a, it's like as if the Simpsons were trying to take the piss out of all the stereotypes of you know <laughs> you yeah. know, how you would represent repressed memories in movies. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looked like. It was just yeah a bit of yeah, bit like of cliche numbers yeah. memories for a, yeah. Now I don't know about you guys, but. How many henchmen did they have, too? Billions. This yeah, they had an unlimited budget. There's just, just blokes getting shot <laughs> left and right. There's, I kid you not, there's hundreds. On the government coin, though. On the government <laughs> coin. Yeah, the whole point is that they're doing this so they can get their budget. Look, the fucking budget's doing just fine by looks of things. Yeah, Could exactly. you imagine, imagine the did, president? Why didn't Timothy walk in and say, look... I've got the solution. Let's cut the henchmen in half. We've still got more than we need. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine most... the president looking at the budget going, you guys spent $5 million on henchmen? Yeah, and then when she They're comes all dead, back... They're by the way. When she comes back, the... Uh, the I've forgotten his name again, but the guy that's running it... Oh, um, Perkins. Uh, Perkins. Gives Timothy a slap on the arm and says, huh, told you, mate, all those guys that are sitting at home <laughs> just waiting for that, that call, that job, lucky we've got them now because <laughs> we're going to need them. <laughs> yeah, just too many henchmen. I mean, there's about 20 in that scene alone where she's using a sniper rifle to protect yeah. Jackson. Yep. There's about 20 of them there, and, and we haven't even gone into the meat of the, <laughs> meat of the action what, down the What did what she kill? She kills probably four or five at the train station, then she kills those three yep. guys just for fun. Oh, they're the hitmen that they send when they're in the yeah. hotel room. And that guy tries to take her down the alleyway. She kills three of them there. And they're just a small town. The small town connections. They're, they're the locals. <laughs> and then in the final battle, I guess the final truck chase and everything, there must be a, a good 50 people killed, 50 henchmen, because they're getting run off the road left and right and they're shot and, you know, she's breaking necks and it was, it's all happening. Um, she probably killed a half dozen at the farmhouse. Yep. Yep. So there's a hell of a lot that need to get killed. Yeah, they, if they want to fucking make some money back up in the budget, just fire some people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually had, uh, speaking of the farm and David Morse, I think once he's out of the, once he's out of the um, equation, it's pretty clear who the father is. Mm. There was never really a mystery about it. I think they were trying for a bit of the bait and switch, like lay this in front of you. There's the father. Oh no, here it is. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a surprise. You even had your sort of inkling before that with the train station thing mm. when he sort of makes a point of going up and interacting with a one-on-one. Yeah, one. Just, you don't know who I am, do you? Yeah. Um, so it's – I don't know. I think usually when they throw something like that in, it's a bit a bit better handled and it's a bit more of a surprise or uh, – yeah, this one seemed a little bit clumsy. Yeah. Well, then she tells us. So she tells Sam Jackson later on that they bumped pelvises. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of indicators. Yeah. Well, by the time I mean, that's a yeah, a little bit after David Morse gets done, she starts dropping those ones. But by the time she sort of mentions it to to Timothy in the freezer, if anyone's doing the Craig Burko eyes at that revelation, yeah. there's something wrong with you. That's basically. Right. I think he was doing those eyes the whole way through the movie. <laughs> yeah. He was coming. Exactly. Fuck, I've got a daughter. She's going to hit me for child support. Oh, I just <laughs> stepped in poop. <laughs> He's taking that approach again. Yeah, he just um, doesn't want to remember who she is, so she doesn't get him for child support and back pay. Yeah. So that's why he's trying to kill her. 
Yeah. My biggest dislike and my is my last one, which is the final act just refuses to end. It just seems to go on for a long period. And the contrivances involved are just so numerous. You have to swallow the fact that the daughter gets in the truck, in the toolbox. Sammy Jackson ends up perfectly positioned to get in the car. The terrorist is in. Timothy gets knocked into a raging river and then just appears like seconds later. He just sort of climbs up out of some manhole. (laughs) Mate, do you know how much back pay for child support is? He's fucking motivated. (laughs) The brakes fail on the truck. Not to mention the the 40 gallons of gasoline in the tiny doll that just manages to piss perfectly through the retainer and down a stream somehow to a to a barrel that's just ready to explode for some reason. It, yeah. Just after they've locked her in there, someone goes, can you guys get rid of these barrels of gasoline? They'll be all right. Yeah, yeah I'll, do it, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We'll take care of it later. And what about, you know, she's digging and scratching and banging that thing on the floor for a long time. What, mm. are, the, what are the henchmen doing? Yeah. What's that noise? Oh, just the heating, mate. You know, the pipes. No, <laughs> this is an old place. Yeah. Creeks, like, roads. Yeah. I, I'm, I, although that the, the, the one thing, it's a slight... Like from that end portion is where the guy she throws him out of the truck mm. and he, he contacts Timothy and he goes she's got the truck she's 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 heading away from town I'm busted up pretty bad I think I'm dying and he goes continue dying <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was good probably my biggest dislike going through the entire movie is considering that I mean from the get go. They asked one-eyed Jack before he was like, when he was just Jack to knock just her Jack. over and he didn't yep. get the job done. Then they find out she's alive. The amount of times it's just a uh, – twice they actually have like Timothy or Perkins in the room and give it the – make sure you take care of this. I'm leaving. <laughs> and walk out. Of course, whoever's left with the job doesn't take care of it. But then if you extend that to like, yeah, leave her in the freezer – don't anyone hang around until the very last minute to no, make sure no. she's dead. Um, uh, like, it just continues on and on through the movie that this woman is just surviving all these situations, All you're putting her in the most dangerous sort of situations you can. she's surviving by she's surviving every stupidity by everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Like, how about someone just, just bloody knock her on the head or shoot her while I'm present. Oh, I just want to see the, see the job get done. Mm, yeah. for, for, a bullet's 50 cents. Just shoot yeah. <laughs> for yeah. a guy like Shane Black that does really well with this stuff mostly, I don't know whether it was him or whether, you know, there, there was things going on where things got changed. But I did read a bit of the script. Yeah, the script is online. A lot of rewrites on the screen. Yeah, and some of it is exactly word for word, yeah. including your favourite Oh. Segment <laughs> is exactly word for word. Yeah, but there is stuff that's missing that um, we don't even don't even touch upon. Yeah, um, in for the movie s- for someone this dangerous to be caught and in the situation where you handle the job that many times and just to have someone go right, hey mate, I'm off to the chopper. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> It's too much. Send me a text when you've done the <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. That's pretty much it for me and the dislikes. What about yeah. you guys? That's all mine too. Yeah, no, yeah, you guys covered the plot devices. That was the other thing for me. So, yeah, I think we've pretty, pretty well covered it off. I think for me the biggest letdown for this entire movie is I expected so much more from Shane Black. I really like the guy. And, and look, this, this certainly doesn't 
make me dislike him or not want to watch his movies. I'm, I'm, he's batting a very good average for me. But this is – it's kind of a little bit beneath him. And that may be yeah. because there was rewrites and it may be because they went with in a different direction. Um, I'm giving him a pass for that exact reason. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, he was the one that actually came out and said, look, they did a, they brought in a bunch of script doctors to re- do re- rewrites on the screenplay and stuff. So you never know. His might have been better. And Gina Davis and, uh, and Rennie decided, no, no, they needed to change things up a bit so it was a bit more what they were aiming for. So. Yeah. Honestly, though, if you need a script doctor on a Shane Black movie, you're, just, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Much. Yeah, just fucking leave it alone, or don't don't do it. Yeah, um, they did. They did make a sequel too. Just um, just quickly. Um, it's called The Bourne Movies, um, <laughs> and they're much much better. <laughs> the Bourne Identity. And yeah. That was Long Kiss Goodnight too. That's exactly what it is when you think about it. It's basically the exact same premise, but done a billion times better, and with someone that's believable as an action hero in the lead. Not because he's a man, but because he's actually believable and can act. More than a little bit, so there yeah. there was talk though of an actual sequel to this movie. Um, up until about two thousand and seven, it was the last it was heard of. But fuck me, dead. Imagine, well, they're going to roll out Gina Davis's corpse now. Like, fuck, yeah. surely not. Yeah, the the the, the, the thrill is gone. Or well, the chances of a sequel long gone now. I think, and it, it's just yeah. not worth it. Um, especially for a movie that didn't make any any money. You know, if this was a hit. Yeah, um, you might get people back in the theaters fifteen years later, but it wasn't. So it's not. It's not. It wasn't. Well, it, it's one of those movies when it first came out because this was still in the days of you know you go to fucking Video Easy or Blockbuster or whatever you, you know, whatever part of the world you might be listening in a, a video store where you actually pick up a DVD or, a, or even maybe a video at this point. And I remember when it came out and I, s- I heard about it, but look, it, I don't remember it getting a big run in cinemas. It wasn't really marketed much, so. I mean, I don't know what they expected really to happen with it, but yeah. it was kind of one of those movies that sort of flew, be- flew behind the scenes a little bit and you know, got a little bit of word of mouth, but that was about it. Yeah, I think you'll find, yeah, you're probably spot on. I think there was high hopes for it initially, and then those hopes were a little bit probably dashed when the time came to look at it from the studio and they probably decided we'd bury it rather than spend more money on it. Especially after Cutthroat Island had had basically screwed that pair over. Um, they were it's actually sixty seven. It's sixty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me a little yeah. bit closer to the forty fifty range. But yeah, so would I. But uh, well, I guess some of the critics might have liked it. All right, stupid. <laughs> Let's take a break and come up with our next Oscars, the facial hair Oscars. Yeah. Looking forward to that? It's a must-do. I can't wait. (laughs) You can't wait? All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back. find us. There may be many reasons not to kill you, but among them is not that you'll be missed by NASA. I found the address in your coat. Here. Between the address of a topless bar and the picture of what looks like a man's penis. That's a duck, not a dick. A couple of episodes back we did a an Oscars 
Uh, it was on mullets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not your typical Oscar sort of um, uh, fair. No, way better. That deserves attention. Uh, did deserve attention. Did attention. Um, Mel Gibson turned out to be the winner with a what well, can only be described as one of the great mullets of, of, of the 80s and or any era. It's like a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> it was this time we've too, gone so. for fate. <laughs> This time we're going for the facial hair Oscars. Now, Jared, I'd like to say that you're our facial hair expert, considering you can go from clean shaven to ZZ Top in 45 <laughs> minutes. Easy. Not quite that, but you know you've got to you've got to be working with something when there's not much on top to be. To be yeah, look, with. I've got a bit of a problem here. I think I might have been sort of only got halfway through puberty because <laughs> I'm like some sort of hairless dog. <laughs> So I'm not a great expert on this, so we're going to need your yeah, your expertise. Yeah, yeah, not to throw Gibbo under the bus either, but... I'm a fucking human you, fish. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> when, when you have um, five days growth, you look like you've sneezed in pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, think of the money I save on razors. Seriously, I, sh- I shave on Sundays. That's it. I wish I'd Not a joke. That. That'd be okay. nice. You shave Sunday 6am, uh, also Sunday 6.30am. <laughs> Jared's got a lunchtime razor, don't worry. <laughs> Those things go blunt very quickly. <laughs> Back three my ass. Anyway, Jared is definitely the expert. A, you have to carry around a bag of chic lady razors <laughs> every single day. Yeah, pretty much. Mate, the, the, right, the lady race is a single right. use for Coxie. He just throws them away afterwards. <laughs> it's like a Q-tip. <laughs> what we have is, I believe we have 11 candidates. Yeah. Um, and 11 nominees. I'm not going to lie. I'm biased towards a, a moustache. Yeah, I, look, don't get me wrong. I love a good moat. <laughs> we've got a mixture here. We've got so we've got a bit of everything. Good That's what I love. So... Diversity. First, cab off the rank, and you will see some people who previously had moulets. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover. They've been nominated in double categories. They shouldn't get extra points, but look, they're getting extra yeah. points for that. First man on cab off the rank is one Charles Norris. Mm. Look, he was disqualified from the mullet Olympics, yep. uh, the mullet Oscars, due to what's considered fake. We've deemed his sample clean in this uh, yeah. this event. We took a we took a hair sample and. You know, it was indestructible. Basically. <laughs> and it had and a fist in <laughs> I think he's got two fists in it. <laughs> well, how do we feel on this one? I, I, I personally, I'm a little let down by it because it, it's just not, it doesn't impress me. It doesn't yeah, do look, anything that really impresses me. Happy to have you here, Chuck, but it's not going to get the it's job It's a wild card. Yeah. You're walking the red carpet and then out the back door, basically. <laughs> it, tro- it strikes yeah, fear well, in the babies, a- but it's not going to impress us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're allowed to walk around down the red carpet, wave to a couple of paparazzi, walk in. Flyking someone. Leave. And leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just, you don't even get to go, go to the amphitheatre and sit down. You just shuffled out the door. Yeah. Next man on the list is... He is at short odds. Tom Selleck. Yeah. But not just any old Tom Selleck, from Quigley Down Under. (laughs) Now, he's got not only a moustache, but a soul patch. I think this may have been the first ever soul patch. The first ever soul patch. Shannon Knoll. It's a a big call. First ever soul patch. It's either the first ever soul patch, or it's at least the first soul patch on film. (laughs) Yeah, I like this look because, you know, the soul patch says to the ladies, uh, you know, I'm, I'm... 
soft and tender, but um, <laughs> the moustache says to the fellas, I'll knock your block off. <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it caters to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't discriminate. <laughs> caters to all. It's a well-rounded, it's a well-rounded hair collection, really. Has, has Tom Selleck ever rocked a beard? Yes. Can anyone I saw, can no, I saw him with a full goatee. I don't know about a full beard. Like, I don't know about a full Chuck Norris beard. Uh, he, look, he's immediately disqualified if he ever comes near us with a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. That's out of the ruddy here. Next cab off the rank, one Charles Bronson. Mm, good. I career, think... career dedication. <laughs> Shit, we're just looking at a picture of uh, Tom Selleck with a full beard. Doesn't look right. Ah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't. <laughs> look genuine. Chuck Nor, uh, sorry, Charles Bronson, probably. <laughs> Charles Bronson gets it. <laughs> Apologise, Jared's looking at ridiculous photos of Tom Selleck at the moment. Well, that's all he of Tom Selleck's photos. He gets uh, Charles Bronson gets a run because he kind of stuck to the mustache slavishly. Yeah. Throughout a twenty-five year period. Oh, and you, it doesn't move. You know that thing's like a steel brush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I, I still think Chuck's a Chuck, Chucky Bronson's a little bit of an outsider here. Yeah, definitely. He's not getting wristhold out the back with Chuck Norris, no. but he's he's not really. He's allowed team. to stay till when we open the envelope, <laughs> but probably at, he's yeah. immediately hustled out the door. Probably at a bit longer odds. Yeah. Okay, Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. I actually love this one, and I'll tell you why. That's that screams of I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> I don't care how I wear it, however I like. Yeah, he's got plaits. Look, just not enough. Uh, not enough. It's not. It's not thick enough for me. No, not feel that. That looks like my mustache if I just left it for a year, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good look, but it looks like he's come out of the water with a, you know, some sort of sea uh, creature on his on his face. It's yeah. not, not thick enough. Oh, look, he, he, again, he's probably a bit of a wild card. Now, I mentioned Vernon Wells earlier in the podcast from Commando. Rightly so. He gets he gets a gig. I think his his sort of toaster sized head <laughs> goes goes <laughs> well with what a, a nickname. Tash. Not the yeah. fridge, the toaster. The toaster. Throw in a um, a mesh, a chainmail vest, and it screams intimidation. Oh, we need, does it want? I think we need to mention, though, just for the people that might not be as seasoned as, as ourselves in high-quality entertainment, uh, Vern Wells is the, uh, is the nemesis of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in the movie Commando uh, for, the, mm. for the uninitiated. So if, if you haven't seen that movie, go watch him. He's a real physical specimen and totally believable <laughs> against Arnie. <laughs> He looks like a big fucking ball of bread dough in a mesh suit. So, <laughs> and then they just slapped so, a mustache on him and made him all. Yeah, he's got to. He's got to be right up there for the as the. If there was a, a a collection of villains that were just all you know looking to try and take over the facial hair industry, <laughs> he's leading it. I think. <laughs> he's you know they want to bring back mustache combs and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wax and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be waxy bows and, and get like twirling it at the ends and things like that. He's definitely leading. That well, he's game. probably he's available staging, too. So they're staging a fake um, terrorist act. That's going to be, um, you know, they're going to frame Gillette or something like that. 
Okay, this is where we get into the real players in this particular nominee section. Burt Reynolds. Mm. Glorious. Again, career career dedication. Mate, when Burt dies, his mo's going into Smithsonian. <laughs> his moustache is going to jump off and keep on living for another 10 years, I think. He's <laughs> going to whip out another Smokey in the Bandit picture. Well, funny you should say that. I actually read an article today on uh, on Facebook. Pontiac's just rolled out a, uh, a special Smokey in the Bandit uh, issue like new Trans Am, uh, and they actually rolled out Burt Reynolds to unveil the car. Oh, oh God! Uh, and they've made a, if you buy made a one, documentary about it, which them. I'm sure Adam will be all over shortly. Um, <laughs> no, because no, it doesn't involve some of the heinously murdered. <laughs> so I'll probably miss it. Anyway, they, they, yeah, they re-released the car, but instead of 185 horsepower like the original, this one has 850 horsepower. Oh, Bert didn't drive it, did he? Because he'd be bloody in pieces. (laughs) Yeah, he'd just disintegrate as soon as he sat in the chair. Well, that's some pretty strong plastic holding his face together. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, his face is uh, made of the same thing the seats are. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to drive it off the lot until they've measured your tash and and decided whether (laughs) whether it's Bert worthy or not. Yeah, basically you can only buy buy one of the cars if your masculinity's intact, (laughs) e.g. you've got a massive tash count. Uh, Pretty much. This is definitely one of the early um, early entries into the top echelon, though. Um, it, oh, definitely. Quality. Uh, Career-long, just glorious moustache, but it also... He never... He, it defined and, the character, too. Yeah, and you know what, Gibbo? He never messed with it. No. It was the same cash every single time. Yep. And when you see him without it... He's just he's unrecognisable. You don't want to you don't want to see him. It's like you you, <laughs> you, had, you, you had the full beard that time, for Coxie, for ages, and then you shaved your face, and your whole face just looked like a butt cheek. It's, it's just been it's been in, unexposed for too long. I think but, the problem is though, I Derek, think your on, face was only clean shaven for twenty minutes. <laughs> I was, was going to say, depending on who you ask, um, some people would tell you I look like a butt cheek twenty four seven. Depends whose butt uh, cheek we're talking about, I guess. I, sound, uh, I sound like one. I think too. they meant to say butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay, here's this guy. I'm not. I, 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 I'm not sure how I feel about him, but I feel he's going to get a consensus vote for being a bit of a, a bit of a chance. Mm. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, he should be nominated in, in the um, in the Slammy's Mustache Awards, but he's made enough movies to get get a look in, I suppose. <laughs> Now, Jared, you mentioned Thundery that his moustache... You watched it, yes. <laughs> you mentioned that his moustache had crawled off his head. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a fair bit of vacated space up top that's just, just relocated, I think. Jesus Christ, Foxy, it's a bit, bit rough for you to point that finger, mate. <laughs> I'm clinging on. Plus, not only that, but I, when I get to that point... Everything's going. I'm not going to bearded egg, and the Hulkster has been—he's been egging for quite a while. He's been egging since the uh, since the uh, early eighties. Yeah. Um, I've got to give I've got to give him extra credit too for. I don't know whether you blokes saw it though. I was quite the wrestling fan in the in the uh, probably mid nineties was at the peak, and that's when Hogan went over to WCW and. Turned so dyed his hair. He turned heel and became a bad guy. So he had the look where he was dyeing the mustache blonde. Yeah. And but he was growing out the black stubble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Very strange. Sensational. 
Strays look, but I'll tell you what, if you want to highlight a good moustache, that's the way to do it. You know, you know what it reminds me of, Coxie, is when De- Darren Williams decided he didn't like his receding hairline, so he started painting his head with shoe polish. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. right. I think Carlos Boozer was Carlos a fan Boozer of that too. Carlos Boozer was a big, big proponent of that. <laughs> yeah. Just let it happen, guys. Jesus Christ. Oh, check out Hulk Take Hogan. note, LeBron Have James. Oh, my God. That is pure black stubble with <laughs> platinum blonde mustache. New world order. That's bonus points. Let's get to the real, the real hitters here. It's a back-to-back tombstone oh, affair. Now we're talking. Kurt Russell, one of the great tashes, and I'll tell you why. It's thick. It's lustrous. It's all one colour. <laughs> I think it got credited as a as a guest stuff yeah. up, did it? <laughs> Uh, down in the credits of said, "Yeah, how it usually <laughs> says, yeah, it usually says, um, assistant to Mr. Russell. It just said mustache <laughs> to Mr. Russell. Yeah. I would have given it an exec producer credit yeah. or something. Like he that. probably did have. He probably ghost directed it because we you know George Cosmosis or whatever didn't do it. Yeah, that's right. And he's running George mate, Comatose, wasn't it? Comatose, sorry. And his running mate, Mr. Sam Elliott." Also from Tombstone or any other movie he's ever been in. Yeah, and the hardest. But I love the Tombstone affair because it looks like a massive caterpillar. (laughs) I mean, it's the kind of thing I call it the mumbler. (laughs) (laughs) I call it the mumbler because he never gets his words out properly because the whole thing's stopping his top lip (laughs) from moving. It's a fair way to lift Because, yeah, to me, it looks... I reckon that weighs five to ten. <laughs> You're trying to do a push-up with your top lip and see how you go. <laughs> that said, he, he didn't exactly enunciate clearly in Roadhouse and he didn't have a moustache in that one too, so I don't know if you can That's fully true. blame the moustache. Yeah, true. No, I can't fully blame it, Gibbo. I can't fully blame it for this. But also, the other thing I like about it too is it's got the sea salt look. Yeah, salt the and pepper. salt and pepper. Glorious. Hmm. I actually, uh, I love, I love Kurt Russell, but I think, um, I think Elliot's is better in this one. Well, Elliot's, who, might, Elliot's who, might pick out of those two. It is the definition of bristling. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could scrub the floor with that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those. It's like one of those. Um, well, uh, like one of those brooms they used to bring out at the shopping centres <laughs> that had the like the scissor kind of. Act. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are our nominees. Whoa, 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 whoa. Danny Glover. Oh, are we missing a nominee? Oh, Jesus. Danny Glover, man. How could I have Lethal done this weapon. without... Excuse you. Danny Glover. Excuse lethal you. weapon. Indeed. It is a lethal weapon. <laughs> like Mel Gibson, that was his backup. Yeah. <laughs> we said that Mel had backup from his own mullet. Danny had backup from a moustache. Fair call? Yeah. Totally fair call. Danny was another one of these long-term mustache wearers. Stop it. Jared's looking at some Sam Elliott, classic Sam Elliott photos. Yeah. Okay, there are the our nominees. There, there is, there's there one, are nominees. One, more, one more dark horse that I just got reminded of when we were looking at Johnny Depp, actually. Um, okay. And we mentioned him in the mullet ranks as well. He was the token Asian. Anyone? Oh, yes. Come on, come on, talk to me, guys. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Oh, I know him as Enzo. Al Leong. Oh, yes. 
Did he? Yeah, he had a. He had a dirty big was, like Fu Manchu, like the long mustache, <laughs> the long goatee, yeah. and the long. Oh, hair. I think he actually had the Fu Man chops. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache plus the mutton chops. Well, it was glorious anyway, and I think he, he needs to go in there and definitely in the henchman fucking oh, category yeah. at least. Uh, look, we're looking at him now. He's also got a slight soul patch going on. Yeah. Mm. This, yeah, he's definitely in there. And, and if you look at his Wikipedia page, the first thing it says about him, he's uh, characterised by his martial arts skills, long wavy hair and a prominent Fu Manchu moustache. It says it's on his, on his Wikipedia page, so... It must be correct. Oh. <laughs> All right, they're our nominees. And the winner in a tight race is Sam Elliott. Thank goodness. Mm, it's only fair. You cannot. I mean, if you, it is, it is, it is a an all-purpose mustache. Oh, it's good for the ladies. It catches food. You can sweep the floor with it. It's like if you, oh, it's like they try to make a boomerang out of a rug. And that's what, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's one of those mustaches though. When if you were walking up and you had to fight him in a gunfight, you'd look at his mustache and you just go, "Nah, get me the fuck out of here." Nah. Yeah, you, just, you don't want to tangle a, with that mustache. That mustache has seen look, some shit. Yeah, just back up a little bit. This is not on. Just keep going. I think this is a roadhouse picture. That's not on. No. That doesn't work for Sam Elliott. He's another, he's another one of these blokes who... It's a non-moustache photo of Sam Elliott. It doesn't look right. Yeah, he's got no top lip. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like the congratulations, bloke. Sam. Who was that bloke that used to do Wheel of Fortune in Australia? That, uh, oh, Joe, baby John Burgess. Johnny, baby John Burgess. <laughs> when he shaved his moustache off, mate, it looked like the top of his head was swallowing itself. It did not work yeah. out. Yeah, it's like their faces are sort of disproportionate when yeah. you take off the the hair. But look, congratulations to Sam. He has. Uh, I'm sure he'd be very, very happy to receive this award. Yeah, it's in the mail. It's in the mail. Send him an email. You can print it off if he wants to. <laughs> wants to take a photo with it. Take it and get it laminated. Uh, all right. Well, look. I think that's the end of our our mustache Oscars and. A long kiss goodnight coverage mm. if you want to get in touch with us at all send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com Gibbo thanks for being there, here mate oh it's okay really enjoyed the chat it's good to not be forgotten about you, you, you really <laughs> <laughs> you're really going to rub this in aren't you <laughs> No, mate, you, uh, you, look, you guys mate, robbed me of some Van Damage. What, what do you expect? I must admit, we did miss you on the Van Damage podcast. We also missed Proper Sad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but look, we um, we saved Hard Target. We, just we did, yes. It, 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 it almost went to Hard Target, mate, and I said, no, 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 we can't do that. Chance Bordreau is still still on the cards. Yeah. Huh? Well, you're lucky that Greasy Mullet needs the proper attention. <laughs> it does. <laughs> proper discussion. It needs a long, lengthy discussion about it. All right, next episode. We're back. Jared and I are going into the horror realm again. I think we might steer clear of the creature features this time, Jared. Please. But will it be a good movie? Probably not. Possibly not. <laughs> Shark Week? No, we will go back to Shark Week. I think we'll keep this one up the sleeve um, and we'll get back to you once we've worked it all out, put it on the, the Facebook page. But until next episode, take it easy and we'll catch up with you later. Cheers. Later. Find the podcast at Podomatic 
or on iTunes, don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.